Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go onto my website, theangelmedium.com and sign up for our email list. As a gift for signing up, I'm going to send you 31 healing meditations that if you do daily, they're going to help you tap into your angels and your own intuition. Start using these today and you'll start to see changes in 31 days. Now take a deep breath. Ask your angels to surround you with love, fill you with joy, infuse you with ease. And remember, your angels say that any messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. We have a really special treat for you today. I have my soul sister here, Sarah Prout. You probably know her over from Instagram, from all of the books that she has written. Um, she is just worldwide, international, spreading the message of unconditional love. And she has a story of strength and resilience that I think isn't matched by a lot of people, but spreads so much hope around the world. And and so I want to have her uh, introduce herself. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I am so excited to be here to have this conversation with you today. Yay. So Sarah, you have a story that... It's just incredible. You have been through so much. And um, I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing that story. I know that it's got like 60 or 70 million views mm -hmm. um, online. But to me, this is an angel story, how it comes full circle. So you have to share. Sure. So I was married for 10 years in a situation with domestic violence. It was an extremely toxic dynamic. And I had to build up my self-esteem and my self-worth to be able to leave. And when I left, I had two children, two suitcases, and over $30,000 worth of debt. And I really had to find my path. I had to connect with the universe and divine intelligence to get myself out of a very difficult situation. And slowly but surely, I was given the signs. I followed the signs. I started learning about manifestation and really embodying it. And that's how I got myself out of the situation. So fast forward now, 13 years, my life is very different. I met and married my soulmate. I had two more beautiful angel babies and we now have a successful company. That's amazing. So I loved the part of your story when you were saying that during the middle of this, you're at the grocery store, not knowing how you're going to pay for things, not eating as much yourself in order to be able to ensure that your children are eating. And you you talk about how after your life makes a turn for the better and you start to come out of it, I think it's almost like a year later, you say you're at the grocery store again and this mother comes up to you. And what does she say? Well, it wasn't a year later. It was about five years later, probably six okay. years later. Yeah. So I, I actually had extra cash and I had moved to America from Australia at that point. And I was shopping at Whole Foods, which is a grocery store I absolutely love. And I was loading the groceries into the car and this woman comes up to me and she has a stroller and a little baby. And she said, I'm so hungry. Can you help me? 
And I remember feeling like this depth of compassion, just dropping down thinking, oh my goodness, that, that could have been me. I was too stubborn and too proud to ask for money. And so I reached into my, my wallet and I gave her two $20 bills. And I just, I felt how much that would have meant for her, you know, beyond judgment of whatever she chose to do with the money. It was that full circle moment of completion that I could be kind and pay it forward. And that's essentially what I do with my work. I feel a sense of obligation to be able to share the things that work for me to completely change my life around. That's amazing. So what was it? What were the things and what tools have you created to really help people? Because there's so many women who are in that situation right now. Um, My dad wasn't uh, physically um, violent many times, um, but he was very mentally abusive to my mother. And we had a situation where we kind of took off while he was at work and came to live with my grandparents and and fled the situation. Um, There are so many people who are in that situation today. Yeah. What tools? The the tools were really meeting myself where I was at because I didn't have all of the tools initially. It had to be revealed to me over time because the pain then transmuted into more pain. I, I really internalized the violence that I experienced and then showed up with it in my marriage, in my second marriage. So I had to learn new tools because what I perceived was emotionally abusive that I had endured. I didn't think that I was being emotionally abusive to my second husband. And so I had to take self-responsibility. And I think that was probably, actually, I not probably, it certainly was, definitely was the biggest key spiritual tool that I had in my toolbox to take self-responsibility and to show up with compassion. And that for me is how that healing path revealed itself. When I was willing to examine the, the shadow sides of my emotional responses to things. And it took a lot of bravery because I'm, I'm such an optimist. I love joy and happy things and positivity, but I had to face some of the more negative aspects of that to, to move through that situation. So self-responsibility, I think sometimes we can be in this loop, right? Mm -hmm. Where, what is that saying? Like, if you've always, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. You have to do something different. Where do you start in taking responsibility if we haven't been taught how to do that? Because many of us weren't. No, it really resides in looking at ways in which you hand your power over to make people responsible for your happiness. So I know I can hear back arguments or heated conversations of the past, and it's things like, you make me feel this way, or um, why do you always do this? You know, it's looking at the universal languaging. And and I believe that as the great writer Florence Scovel Shin once wrote, your word is your wand. So you have the capacity to either contribute to a situation or contaminate it. And so we can be so much more mindful to show up with love and compassion and to really direct that energy to a space of levity and lightheartedness. I love that. So fast forward, you have this book, Be the Love. I love this title. Um, Talk to people about the book and what they're going to get out of it. Sure. So the way that the book works is that there are seven chapters in the book, seven lessons that each correlate with ways in my life that I had to overcome adversity. Now I cover the full spectrum. I really 
found myself at a choice point when I was writing the book of either diving in with vulnerability that would create a path of healing. So sharing everything, warts and all, you know, like it's a, a full a full account of the pain and the struggle that I went through versus keeping it very shallow and surface level. I wanted to show people how to dive in and and do the work for themselves. So the book was really born out of my lack of worthiness and finding a path of healing. So I created something that I called the Be the Love philosophy to feel, heal, and reveal, which means that in any moment as human beings that we are finding ourselves at a point of choice, we can choose love or we can choose fear, you feel, you allow yourself the spaciousness to feel those emotions, process them authentically. And Julie, you know this as a healer and as a highly skilled intuitive, that the feeling element creates those points of data and feedback for us to paint that bigger picture. And when we have those subtle pieces of awareness in our spiritual toolbox, we can progress forward, which brings us to heal the awareness that we have all of the tools we need within us to heal from whatever trauma you've been through. I have uh, in the book, I cover themes such as recurrent miscarriages, infidelity, domestic violence, like really heavy energy, but there is hope when you go through the feel, heal, reveal process. And the reveal part is my favorite because that is when you're opening up that beautiful heart of yours to the signs, the symbols, the divine whispers and points of intuitive knowing that we all have access to. Yeah. So you are a manifestation expert. And I think that there's so many different ways that manifestation is taught. But Spirit is saying right now that you have really unique thoughts and perspectives on this. And so I want you to share that. Thank you for picking up on that, by the way. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really honored because I, I do work quite tirelessly to try and reframe the mainstream perception of manifestation. So most people have seen like the movie, The Secret, or they have a vision board and they're like, I want that specific handbag or private jet or whatever it is. But for me, I believe that manifestation is in every single moment that taking a breath is a manifestation. The ability to feel gratitude and to have perspective is a manifestation. So it's really just the reminder that everything is energy and that the manifestation component are the gifts and the blessings that we are given from God, the universe, divine intelligence. And so when we remember that we're working in unison with this beautiful, omnipotent super consciousness that animates all it is, it's like, Yes, we are all powerful manifestors and we all have the capability to create with intention. Doesn't mean we're always going to get what we want, but we're always going to manifest what is meant for us. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating because the angels always say that we're all at every single moment. They go, we're, we're always in a state of openness or closeness. Like we're mm. always open to the divine or we're kind of closed off and in our egoic self. Um, so I love that perspective because it really is in each moment that you're pulling your creation process into your mm -hmm. world. Yeah. And it's the same in relationships. You know, we go through these cycles of remembering and forgetting. Sometimes we're like hugely into our partner and we can look at them and go, oh, that's my person. I love them unconditionally. I'm so lucky. And then there's other times it's like, oh, you know, 
what's over there? You know, like not, not with looking at other people. <laughs> I want to make sure that like, oh, what's for dinner? Or, you know, oh, I knew this, knew that. It's like, we need to remember what's important to us. And it's okay when we're going through a phase of forgetting as well. We do this so often in the mindfulness space where we can go through phases of intense focus and showing up for what we believe is important. And there's, then there's other times we would prefer to watch a Netflix show, for instance, you know, <laughs> it's like, and, but it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just finding the balance that works for you. Yes. Well, and that's interesting because I've had that conversation with other healers in the past. There's some folks within spirituality who have this concept of your restful time, your relaxation time has to look like this, but no, it doesn't. It's your joy. It's what really rejuvenates you. So I love that you said the Netflix piece because that is <laughs> totally my jam. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's about striking that balance because one of my favorite quotes is, and I'm not even sure who said it, but it's a phrase, show me where God is not. Mm. And that to me is a reminder that everything is powered and animated by this same brilliant force that keeps the stars in the sky and the water in the oceans. And we can merge with that energy to consciously create what it is that we want in our lives. Okay. So I was on Instagram the other day and I can't remember the name of this healer. She was an older woman who like went around teaching um, for a very long time. But she was saying in this Instagram clip that was shared that we have conscious manifestations as well, like collective consciousness manifestations. And what mm -hmm. she was talking about to this huge audience that she was lecturing to is like she said, you created the building in which we're sitting here tonight by all of you thinking and believing that we we're going to be in this room. And I go, hmm, I don't know <laughs> how I feel about this. Um, like, I feel like there is physical reality. There are different dimensions. Love is a dimension. Time is a dimension. We are here in a physical reality. If I wasn't at the Whole Foods or the Aldi down the street, I still believe that they're there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for making those, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that is a really sneaky way, though, that ego can get in, right? We have to be cautious of, of phrasing because we can all interpret it. And I'm sure that this woman didn't mean it like that. Yeah. But it's all energetic frequency of what we're in alignment with, right? So you either get what you need that will help you to flourish or you get what you need to learn. Yeah. Even if it's devastating to some people. I mean, when I went through the five miscarriages in a row and I was a manifesting teacher, I still am a manifesting teacher, telling people they can manifest anything they want. Now I see the greatest gift in the evolution of my teachings because I perceived myself as broken or that the universe had forgotten me. But what I now cherish is the lessons in being comfortable with uncertainty and that there was just so much positivity and angelic protection that happened around that time because it, it can always be worse, right? If we're still here to tell the tale. And, and for me, I got my angel blessing when my baby was born and I had to do the inner work to manifest that outcome. Yeah. So that doesn't happen for everybody. When I made peace with the fact that maybe she wasn't going to arrive, that's when I manifested her. That's it. It's the surrender. It's a surrender. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. Making peace with what is. Yes. Mm. Okay. So let's go into this a little bit deeper because Archangel sure. Zadkiel works with manifestation and surrender and, mm -hmm. and really helps us to release. I don't know if anybody else uses this process, but I found that the process within my own energy and mind when I'm co-creating with the universe is I almost have to go to the worst case scenario in order to be able to surrender and let it go. Like I will have so much fear about something and I can tell it's there. I can see the thoughts and I'll say to my angels, well, how do I clear this? And they always say, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. It doesn't have, you know, like this doesn't go through. Okay. Well, if it doesn't go through, then what happens? I create in different ways, right? Yes. Or, and, and when I'm able to keep asking that question and get to the root, like, what if it doesn't happen? Okay. Well, what if that doesn't happen? Okay. Well, what if that, and I get to the root of it, I'm still here. I'm still me. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it is such a powerful reminder that when we fixate on something, I, I believe the way that I teach manifestation is that we're either operating from resistance or we're operating from flow of energy. Friend, if the idea of connecting to your angels and changing your life using your very own spiritual gifts sounds amazing and is deeply resonating with you today, I want you to go on my website and check out my angel membership. Registration is open. Sign up today and you'll get access to new course content and events each week and a private community. Members love how everything you need for your spiritual awakening is all in one place. Sign up today, angel membership. It's incredibly healing. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes below. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. Lastly, check out the upcoming events page on my website, theangelmedium.com, because we have a lot of upcoming events that I know you're going to be interested in. And so when we're fixated on looking for proof or really obsessing over a desired outcome, we're creating energetic resistance. And it really is from getting to that internal space of being open to all possibilities of the, well, what's the worst that could happen? And would I be okay with that? Yes. Not preferable, but yes. Then you start to release the resistance and you go with the flow. So for me, after the five miscarriages in 10 months, I found myself pregnant with my daughter, Lulu, and I was in the emergency room showing all of the signs that I was going to lose her. And I, I pulled out my phone and I wrote her a letter saying, dear soul baby, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be your mother. It's okay if you choose to stay. And I understand if you choose to go. And so I went in and my husband wasn't even with me because he had to pick up my two older children. And I went into the ultrasound room, one that I knew very well from seeing so many heartbeats that were no longer beating. And I saw in the, on the screen, five weeks and three days, that strong little heartbeat. And they gave me a 20% chance 
that she would survive. And I took that chance because I believe that as long as there is life, there is hope, which my mentors have reminded me of over the years. And so every day I celebrated the milestone from the space of being open to all possibilities. Today is a good day. That heartbeat's still there. She's still alive. And then that took me to her birthday. And having that baby, that angel baby earth side with me was such a full circle moment of completion. And also proof. I mean, true believers don't need proof, but it was proof to me in the work that I do that it is from that space of openness that true creation, co-creation with the divine can happen. Wow. So true surrender. It's almost like, okay, so energy and manifestation, I they're hand in hand. Wow. Yes. And what the angels keep showing me is there are energetic doorways within our auric field Mm -hmm. and that surrender if you can imagine like use your imagination to just see this door in front of you as closed right but as soon as you surrender it's like it unlocks and it opens Mm. so in chapter seven of the book it's called everything is energy and it documents or it shares how i had a near-death experience on the day that my daughter was born And I mean, Lulu is like the the most beautiful baby. (laughs) It was so beautiful to have her after all of the loss, but she was born. I had a C-section and the anesthetic wore off. So my body went into shock and I started bleeding out on the operating table and I left my body. And I went into this holding space realm where there were all of these doors in this long corridor that had been unlocked. And I could see behind the doors, the essence and the energy of love. I could see the things that I loved visually and aesthetically, like crystals or orchids or, you know, colors that I love, such as pinks and purples. I could see and feel all of my loved ones simultaneously. They were in different locations. And I could even see the world through my newborn daughter's little eyes. And I stopped remembering who I was. I started to panic and I'm like, am I dead? Where am I? (laughs) Where am I? And then I heard a voice say, Sean, Thomas, Olivia and Lulu. And that's my husband and my three children. I've got four kids now, but that was their names. And I, w- I woke up in my body and I'd been seeing the number 711 for months leading up to the birth of my daughter thinking, oh, it's the universe showing me that she's going to be seven pounds, 11 ounces. But I woke up from my near-death experience at 711. And the woman looked at my bracelet on my hospital bracelet. She's like, oh, Sarah Prout, born on the 1st of November, 1979. And she said, my daughter's called Sarah and that's her birthday too. (laughs) And I, I just felt like I had, I don't know, woken up in the matrix from this experience after going through such energetic hardship, but it was also reward because it's a choice point. I had a choice to either stay in this beautiful intoxicating space of love to truly be the love, which is part of the reason I decided to call the book, be the love, because that's what we're all headed towards, right? That, that beautiful energy of love. And so for me to have the blessing of being in this body and this life experience was the commencement of another chapter of my evolution as a spiritual teacher. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Um, Okay. I have to ask you this. So when you like walk me through slower, like when you're like conscious in your body and then Mm -hmm. 
you're not in your body anymore. What, mm. like, what is that stream of thought for you as that's happening? Well, or, originally when I could hear the beeping, I could hear the nurses, I, I could hear uh, my husband had been whisked out of the room with a newborn baby. And then I started to scream. I, I remember that like it was agony. And then it was like this peace just flooded every single cell in my body. And then I was aware of myself behind myself, if that makes sense. Like I was floating out of my body and up. And then it was like a complete disconnection from that feeling of being in my body. I was a soul or I was a sovereign being. I don't know how to explain it, but it was intoxicating. It felt like pure love. That's the only thing that I, and I haven't experienced anything really since then, Uh, but it was a true affirmation to me that we are physical beings having a spiritual experience. And there's a lot more going on than we can ever anticipate. Now, leading up to that time frame, though, uh, we were visited uh, by beings. I want to put it like beings and angelic beings, maybe, mm-hmm. or um, I'm not even sure. Maybe you can help me understand who it could have been. Yeah. But my husband and I would wake up in the night and I would see like this being that had a large wingspan. I mean, for your readers, read listeners, viewers right now, they're probably used to hearing this kind of thing, but I haven't really oh, yeah. gone here with anyone else in interviews. So I'll go here with you guys. <laughs> um, he would, he's a, he didn't believe in the same way that I did until this happened. He would wake up at the same time, look above us. And he's like, Sarah, tell me what you're seeing. And that was his way of verifying it. And I would tell him what I was seeing, this huge winged being that had like a very ancient presence. Mm -hmm. And this being, I mean, in this house that I had a dream about seven years before I moved in, by the way, I lost five babies in this house. And this being was with me throughout the entire process. And then we made the decision to move from the house. And it was within, I think, two weeks of moving states that I got pregnant again. I mean, I was I was 35 and I was getting pregnant. Like I was pregnant for six, uh, 18 months by the time that Lulu was born, <laughs> which is wow. in a two-year period. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what were the wings like? Were they fuller and thicker, like like longer, or were they more like um like more slender? And they, why? They were slender and they were a bit a little bit fluffy and brown. <laughs> okay. So um and then could you see the face of the angel? No, it was just like a, a figure, a dark figure. And because it was so tangible, my husband, Sean, and I were a little bit freaked out. We're like, why is this happening? And I've got goosebumps as I'm saying this now because nothing's really happened like that since. But it was such a rite of passage that it felt like these gifts were opening up to us for a reason. Okay. So I want to explain what happened to you. Um, okay. So... Uh, the angels present two different types of wings as symbols to for people to understand which sect of angel it is. So okay. when the wingspan um, is thin and kind of like longer, still yeah. gorgeous, right? And fluffy, like you described mm-hmm. them. Um, that is the seraphim coming through. So the the seraphim angels um they 
are really here coming in here to earth to really help our planet and our humanity collective humanity step into a completely new era where we're we're on the track to bring peace here to earth mm -hmm. and what they say is that there are beings on the other side who have wings but are not uh technically angels because they have had lifetimes here on earth mm -hmm. so what the seraphim show me is we're we're souls on the other side we're chilling with our families we're having a fun time and we did not ask to come mm -hmm. to earth right so the seraphim visit us on the other side and say here's the story we need your help over here um this is going on this is going on this is where we're sending you um we need you or it's obviously always your choice but this is where we would like you to go these are the family members who we would like to go with you soul family mm -hmm. members and here's your life plan your life plan we all like our minds like to think of it as a book because it helps us see it in a linear format mm -hmm. but it's not really it's almost like you could hold an energy and know in an instant every moment of your entire life and what's going to happen and how it's going to play out mm -hmm. so they kind of give you this energetic piece to hold you absorb the energy and then you make the decision okay yes i'll go and and they'll say too, like if you're going to go you can learn these lessons as you go too. like if you want to pick up on these things um but you have energy of wings in your back sarah like you Do have I? that <laughs> mm -hmm. so the seraphim tapped you and they asked you to come ah uh. They asked you to come play this role. So if it's an archangel, though, the wingspan is shown in a different way. It's much okay. more like a thick wing mm -hmm. um, and, and really fluffy, almost like you imagine Archangel Michael's wings a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that during an interview before, but I guess this is the place to do it with you, Julie, <laughs> because that's the, that's the closest angelic experience that I've had yeah. other than uh, when my son appeared to me in a dream when I was 16 and he looked like a little cherub. <laughs> he had like blonde curly hair and he was sitting on a haystack and he said to me, see you when I'm ready to be born, mummy. And I wrote about this in the book and I was 16 years old. I, I told my mom because we'd always share our dreams. And she said, Sarah Prout, I'm putting you on birth control. <laughs> and I, and the, the child had a British accent, which was it really stood out to me. And it was five years later that I had Thomas, my firstborn, and his father has a British accent. And so when Thomas was around the same age as the kid that I remembered in the dream, they looked identical. Wow. And so again, it's like you say, it's not linear. We have no idea how this all stacks up and unfolds. Yes. Mm. So back to your experience of, I want to just ask one more question of sure. like your near-death experience. So mm -hmm. I um, went for a massage one time and um, like my husband got it for me for my birthday way mm -hmm. before I actually started my business. And uh, the woman says, I do healing touch. Would you like me to do that? 
as I'm doing your massage as well. And she said, it's just an energy, you know? Um, and I said, absolutely, totally fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the table, it's quiet. And all of a sudden, love to the highest degree that I have ever felt in my entire life, where it's just instantaneously throughout your entire body surrounding you, where you're just in this field of unconditional love. And it's so powerful that just tears started streaming down my my face. And I wasn't upset in any, I mean, it was just such a powerful love. My body couldn't handle the vibration without mm -hmm. just like physical tears coming through. Um, what did you experience vibration wise as you were in that space being outside of your body? It wasn't even an awareness of vibration. It was just being and isness. And from the perspective, I mean, I, you, if you read Be the Love, it shows how much I've been in my head over the years and how that's held me back. This, it was like, there was nothing like that at all. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Sarah, you have been um, just an incredible master at creating so many different things and gifts for the world. And really, I know that the angels say you have this incredible perspective of where humanity is collectively right now. And you have these ideas, they say, of where humanity is going. Um, <laughs> share that with us. I believe that we are about to wake up as a collective. I don't know whether it's going to be now or whether it's going to be during our lifetimes at all. It could be a hundred years from now. I believe that there will come a point where humans will have more access to their intuitive powers and intuitive gifts. And right now, Julie, you and I are doing the work to help people to understand those better, to lay the cellular foundation for the future generations. And I believe that love is the most powerful force of all that is. And yet we're going through this time right now of division, of polarization, of judgment, of people being mean to each other. I mean, there's war going on, but there's also internal war going on for a lot of people. And so the more we learn how to be the love internally, to remember that we're part of a bigger picture, the more we will help humanity to evolve to the point where intuition is celebrated, that people are talking about their angelic experiences or reconnecting with soulmates. And so the pain is dismantled much more to allow space for the conscious expansion of humanity. So I had this vision as you were saying that <laughs> of um, just humanity right now. And um, the angel showed me kind of like um, they, they flickered into the future. They showed this vision of a humanity where everyone is awake, like you were saying, but then everybody was glowy, like radiating mm. that love, but they looked like they were glowing. Not <laughs> we're really going to look like we're glowing, but it's like the energy. Fireflies. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the energy that they were holding. And then they flickered back to now. And they showed those glowy figures sporadically, like dots around the earth. Like that's where um, the seraphim are bringing in earth angels to help, as you say, you know, like bring this and help humanity get to this place. 
Um, what's so fascinating to me, though, is some people talk about how spirituality has become like a trendy thing. And, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now that are called to do this work like you and I do. But their egoic minds are telling them there's no room for you. There's no space for you because like it's just a trend. It's going to go away and there's already so many people doing it. Speak to those people because you and I know that that's not true whatsoever. No, the world needs more light workers. It's a sacred calling. And if you feel even the tiniest intuitive nudge that you need to be speaking about this or sharing about this or even showing up in a private practice, this is the time to do it because there are people out there that need your help. And so when you embody this work from the space of service, you're lifting the vibration of humanity to be able to get to that space, as Julie mentioned, where we're all glowing like fireflies, right? And it's not an overcrowded space because there's only one you. If you're listening to this right now or watching it, there's only one you. And it's the ego that gets in there and go, well, I'm not ready or I'm not enough or I'm not camera ready, or, you know, I'm not good at speaking. I, I still struggle with showing up. <laughs> it's so funny. Like even after 70 million views, I still feel shy sometimes and that's okay, but it's about honoring the journey and realizing you're never going to get it right. And you're never going to be whatever perfect is when you ditch that and you allow from a space of humility and ego, even though it is very sneaky and can show up from time to time. That's a lesson. And so commit to the journey, commit to showing up and realize that there is space for everyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sarah, you're such a like beautiful, radiant soul in this Thank lifetime. <laughs> I am so excited to just be your friend. And um, I am really excited for everybody to read your book, Be the Love. I'm sure they can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere that books are sold. And mm -hmm. we will definitely put those links in the show notes for folks. Where else can they find you? I spend most of my time on Instagram, so you can follow me at Sarah Prout or my website is sarahprout.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It was, we, we tend to have amazing conversations, so I'm looking forward to more in the future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Open invitation anytime you want to come on. Likewise. <laughs> All Yay. right. Lots of love. Thanks. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are sitting around you now, who's connecting with you, and how they're supporting you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a virtual session. You can do a reading with me or a member on my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the best they can to support you and guiding you to the life you want to live. Virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website, never, never, never offered on social media, only offered on theangelmedium.com. Sign up today. 
And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and business mastery skills. That's the Angel Reiki School. You can find more information on theangelmedium.com or DM me over on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions you have. Friends, before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hand on your heart, taking a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love in front of you. I want you to step into that love in front of you. And I want you to feel it as it fills your body, your chakras, and your auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.